This content contains podcast. This adult. This, this adult contains, contains podcast content. content. <laughs> adult content, be advised. Enjoy the episode. Tony Gardner, if you're listening to this, I would love to get pinged off my nut at a festival with you. <laughs> Okay, testing. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Testing. Testing, testing, You're sounding, testing. sounding beautiful. Thank you. This is good. This is good. You are listening to Thoughts TV. I remain Elspeth Loads after all this time. And I am joined not by Meg Mumby, but um, a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, listeners. Hello. <laughs> I am speaking to Cecil Gershwin Palmer. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> this is Jasmine. Hello. Pretty much my oldest and best friend. Yeah. Hello. Um, I really enjoy her insight on things. So that is why she's here. We've also, we've shared the mic before. This is not our first time on oh, mic yeah. together. So tell the listeners about what, what we did. Oh, we had this um, radio show in local radio in Hull called... Um, West Hull FM it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was called um, Elsie and Jasmine's Fun Time Hierarchies. And yes! I would honestly hate to listen to it now. <laughs> At one point we got the European f- single market mixed up with the idea of the free market. Because <laughs> <laughs> the free market is just like a general concept, right? Yeah. The European single market is quite a specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should we should revive that. Oh, they they also like kept having to like um re record bits because I kept swearing by accident, <laughs> which you're not meant to do on I local thought it, radio. I thought it was live. No, it can't have been live because I kept swearing. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so it was called Elsie and Jasmine's Funtime Hierarchies. And basically, it was local daytime radio, West Hull FM, and every week we would rank things. Yeah. So I think one week it was fictional dogs. What's the best and worst fictional dog? Yeah. That's the only one I can remember. I think I think we possibly could have done with more brainstorming about a, a theme. I think, yes, I think we could have done. I still think it works. I think we could we could turn that into its own podcast. It was fun. I am delighted to have you here today yeah. because ever since uh, we came up for the idea of this podcast, you were like my parents are aliens. Yeah, my parents are aliens. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> remembered liking it and you watched it again yeah it holds up it, yeah. hol- it holds up so well because it's like i think it's a genre of like family entertainment because it started in like 1999 so it's kind of a like i feel like you really don't get like kids tv show that can be enjoyed by the 
like whole family like that so much anymore like yeah i agree it's like a lot of it was kind of the panto logic of because it was itv and not bbc it was like a little bit looser with what you can and can't do and a lot of it would have gone over kids heads but we 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 will get into that mm-hmm. don't don't you worry but um yeah basically jazz told me to to watch it so I got myself on ITVX. I'm still not sure about that rebranding. I think it's a bit weird, but I, mm. I got on there anyway. And I started watching my parents at Aliens. And quite frankly, Jasmine, it became like my favourite thing for a solid two weeks. It's so good. It's brilliant. It's like... I think oh, the first series especially. And not just because it's funny. Like it actually is... It warms the cockles of my heart. Mm. Like the interaction between the family had me like blushing and kicking my legs like it was just oh so cute you don't get it do you so it is a clothes thing yeah sort of so i can't club dressed like this you don't club sophie you dance in a club so i can't dance dressed like this isn't anybody coming to watch me play chess on Friday? I am. Ah! And then I'm going with Mel to the lunchbox. The icebox. Hello, I'm in agony here and you're sorting out your social calendars. Oh, it's just a sprain. Keep off it for a few days oh, and you'll ow. live. A few days? But what about the game tomorrow? Thanks a lot, Brian. You've ruined my life. I could play. I can be solid at the back. Maybe not. See, for... Like, in my opinion, it kind of... It's funny because it's funny. Like, the jokes hold up. It's just genuinely very, like, like surreal, strange, wacky, funny, silly. But also, I kind of... Like, watching it in 2023, it kind of... It reads kind of like a parody of a 90s family TV it, show. No, it because does. it's kind of... And it's also kind of... It's like the plot of horsing around from Bojack Horseman in a <laughs> no, way, is, which is like... Literally, it's just kind of... Like um, a parent that doesn't know how to be a parent. Yeah, yeah. But they mean well. Adopting kids, yeah. Yeah, um, an older girl, a middle boy, and a youngest girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's also The Simpsons. Yeah. And it's also my family. Yeah, but like, I I don't know, I think the adopting and not knowing how to parent and also... There's another TV show that's vaguely like that that I can't remember in the useful in the well in also in the what's it what's it called um am I allowed to swear yeah okay on the um what's it called nope we watched nope and um oh, I've not seen the, that yet. it's really good but there's a kind of tv show within the film um where they had like this adopted like monkey character okay that's kind of different when I think about it <laughs> as a monkey brother <laughs> just like ross from friends with no no because he's like a member of the fam family i i think i don't know are you saying that marcel wasn't a member of the family yeah yeah okay that's that's fine <laughs> yeah sure still my clothes <laughs> you can only be a real family member if you wear clothes yeah well there is that famous bit in paddington where like they buy him a coat because they're like we love you but this is a bit embarrassing now we're Put ashamed your by your nudity uh-huh. <laughs> Lucy, I don't ever think I'll get the hang of this planet. How do you mean? Well, on the one hand, it's like billions of other planets, a tectonically active droplet of colliding nova matter speeding through the vast infinity of space. On the other hand, it's completely unpredictable. 
That's what makes it interesting. Oh, it's confusing. Even the north and south poles are moving. Every 10,000 years, flip, up becomes down, and down becomes up. You get used to it. One minute Mel wants to be with us, and then flip, she pushes away. That's what she's like. It's as if her magnetic poles reverse. Okay, now you've lost me. The magnetic fields that draw people together. Oh, you mean like you and Brian? <laughs> Maybe I am getting the hang of this planet after all. Then flip. Maybe you're not. <laughs> so do you fancy getting a little bit structured up in here? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, how should we do this? Should we talk about, like, how the show got made? And oh. then, or, or maybe we should talk about what the show is first. I think we should establish what the show is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. So basically, the opening credits do an amazing job at just laying yeah. it all out. It's basically some aliens crash land on Earth and for some reason decide to adopt three kids and pretend to well, be a family. It's either canines, felines, or children. So obviously they go for the option that requires the most paperwork and is the least feasible. Is this true? Yeah. Oh, is that canon? Yeah, well, they okay, so canines, felines, or children. That's so funny. Do you think the home kind of provided all three? So what is this again? This... It's a deep heat damage tissue rapid healing machine constructed on Veluxian principles. Right, and what is that you're using? A microwave? Relax, your ankle will be good as new in five seconds flat. Are you sure you've done it before? Not exactly. How not exactly? Precisely? Well, um... Never. What?! It can't fail, it's pure common sense. You juice up the prions, oscillate the watchamajigs, bomb the proteins, and Bob's your nanomorphed egg donor's brother, your ankle's fine. Well, OK, I suppose I trust you. You trust me? No one's ever said that to me before. So, fingers crossed. Whoa, 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 what do you mean no one's ever said they trust you before? Well, I mean, people have said it. I've just often wondered if they really meant it. Oh, what the heck? Just at me. We've got um we've got Brian who's the dad. He's very silly. We've got um <laughs> like a normal dad. <laughs> yeah. Sophie who's the mum, who's also very silly. Oh, not like Ooh, a normal no. mummy. <laughs> um that sorry, just to interrupt, that's what I hate about um Peppa Pig. Peppa yeah. Pig has many wonderful qualities, but it's the way that Mummy Pig is always like stop jumping in muddy puddles now it's like she's such a killjoy yeah. like that's her role and it's just infuriating go on yeah. <laughs> um basically so there's three kids there's lucy who's the youngest who's nine she's a big nerd she wants to be an astronaut one day got any old toys we can give to the children's ward yeah i've got loads they can have my molecule model my jigsaw on a black hole haven't you got anything well a little bit more fun well, there's my old doll. Great. She's the exact model of Valentina Tereshkova, the first woman in space. Second thoughts? Don't bother. Well, Wendy's got Laika, the first dog in space. I could get her to bring it over tomorrow. There's Josh, who... And I feel like this is a really common, like, trait in, like, young boy characters in the, like, 90s and 2000s. He wants to make lots of money. Yes. He wants to scam people and make loads of money. Yes. Where does that come from, do you think? I don't know. It makes me kind of think of, like, Ed, Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Eddie, right. no, Eddie, Eddie from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Do you think it's, like, a hangover from, like, Del Boy and, like... 
much older sitcoms. Lucy, I'm begging you. I need those tickets. You're always trying to scam people to get what you want. You're so selfish. To anything. I tell you what. If you can do one completely selfless act a day between now and Friday, I'll give you the tickets and the backstage pass. That's three whole days. No one's that nice. It's it's unnatural. Fine, if it's too difficult. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said it was unnatural. I never said I couldn't do it. That's three whole days, Josh. If I catch you in a scam, the deal's off. I don't... Like, there must be, like, an initial kind of example of this kid wanting to get rich quick and then there's mel and mel is so cool like i i genuinely watching i still feel like mel is older than me just because she has like the cool big sister vibe yeah like she knows better than everyone but she actually does know better than everyone because she knows the parents better than yeah because they don't know anything but also she's so angry like it actually it's a bit like abrasive how angry yeah, she is yeah, she's yeah. just like freaks you're freaks and it's like okay calm down yeah, she's like the typical teenager yeah. character they so, like yeah. they when she leaves the room they always like count like one two three four and the door slams <laughs> yeah it's thing about Mel is that Mel has a heart of gold and, yeah. you know, she's lovely and she just cares about the family and she mm. only gets angry because she knows that if something goes wrong, the parents will be taken to a government institute and be experimented yeah. upon and the kids will have to go back to care. But yeah. also, when you're watching it, you just kind of think, like, nothing's happened yet, Mel, calm down. Yeah. Like, I know that you're meant to be the teenager character, but you are so angry. But it's it's, it's also, like, um, it's funny because Mel really wants to rebel, but they're not strict at all because they kind of don't understand the social yeah, norms yeah, yeah. that would the lead you to be strict. Yeah. yeah, so there's, like, an episode where she's like, why aren't you shouting at me? And so yeah. he's like, oh, should I be shouting at you? <laughs> yeah. Guess how much? Don't know, a lot? Nothing. It's like a music box. Nothing? You mean it was free? I mean, it didn't cost me anything. Oh, no. Mel. I want one. You stole it. Stealing's wrong throughout the known universe. And what are you going to do about it? This is serious. You could shout at her. That wouldn't do any good. Spank her. That'd hurt. Send her to a room. Then she'd miss her dinner. I don't know what to do. This really limits your options. I'm putting this away. Oh, we need to talk about the parents. Yeah. So they're Voluxians from the planet Valux, right? Obviously. Yeah. Brian can morph into different, like... He can look like different characters. He can look like different animals. He just morphs. Some wonderful, like, special effects and prosthetics. <laughs> They're really quite good. <laughs> They're really funny. Honestly. So But, like, that's, yeah. that works for, like, general plot devices. Like, mm. for example, he will morph into Josh. Josh is the, the middle boy one. Yeah. Um, to go take one of his tests for him or whatever. And then do, do something wildly inappropriate at school. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What did he do that was wildly inappropriate? Oh yeah, he he went on Oh no, hang on, we'll Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. No, we'll just jump to it right now. <laughs> okay. Do you remember? <laughs> I think it was like a school prom episode and Brian morphs into Mel, the oldest child, yeah. and goes on a date with Mel's boyfriend and kisses him. Oh yeah. Well not not her not her boyfriend, her love interest for that one episode. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they, yeah, he kisses him. But also there's an episode and where... And enjoys it. Yeah. That's canon. <sighs> you 
this, Scott Taylor? Under the mistletoe. He said we're unlike any girl he's ever met. What freakazo planet are you on? Well, I was flattered. It wasn't even mistletoe. The cheeky monkey. You have ruined everything! Could you hurry up in there? Well, finish this at home. Okay. No, wait! People can't see us leaving a toilet cubicle together. On a scale of one to ten, just how good a kiss was it? Seven? An eight? <gasps> Maybe even a nine? I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson. You're weirding me out. There's also an episode where Brian accidentally, like, well, he asks out the, he morphs into Josh, asks out the wrong girl on Josh's behalf. Yeah. Um, and then, um, two girls show up at the house for a double date, which for poor Josh is absolutely like. Just mortifying. Both yeah. girls end up hating him. Yeah. But then, Brian is about to just, he morphs into one of the girls and he's about to just go on the date as one of these girls. <laughs> Brian is just like way too involved in his kids' love lives. Josh had some problems. I helped him out. Oh, how did it go? Super. Great. Fantastic. Is it all right to cry? Oh, Brian, we can't get everything right. After all, we are from another planet. Of course, that's it. Josh wants a date with Tanya. He's got a date with Tanya. Brian, I really don't think... Are you ready? As I'll ever be. Right, let's go. All right, but no kissing. You messed it up again, didn't you, Brian? Yep. How'd you like my hair, up or down? A lot of it is, like, not inappropriate, but, like, you. I don't think... Mm. And I'm not saying this in a facetious way. I don't think you could get it made today. No, there's a clip from a later season, which um, I saw on TikTok, and I said it to Elsie, where um, the older sister character Mel has left and Brian just comes downstairs wearing all her clothes because he misses her and he's like this thong's not very comfortable <laughs> yeah he's just wearing his teenage daughter's clothes yeah. because he misses her and it's very sweet yeah. and so let's, we could talk about the actors mm. so Tony Gardner plays Brian mm. and um, you know what um, he looks really good in Mel's clothes. <laughs> he just does. And I remember, like, he's, he plays a character in the thick of it that is not in it that much, but gets spoken about a lot. Mm. And there's this idea that in the thick of it, he's, like, the hot MP. Mm. Like, he's really, like, he's hot. And I never really understood that. And then I saw, like, a little bit of my parents' radiance, and mm. I was like... Okay, all right. I think I always had a bit of a thing for him as a child. But um, he's also in Fresh Meat as um, yeah. Tony Shales and, yes. um, you know, has a has an affair with one of the students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he He's good at playing, like, sort of... Desperate men. Desperate men, <laughs> yeah. Or, like, dadly characters. Yeah. Um, actually, he's in a production... Oh, I think it might have just finished, actually, but he was in a production in London of... An Accidental Death of an Anarchist, mm. which weirdly in 11 episodes is the second time that play has been mentioned. <laughs> um, but he's been all over Twitter advertising that and he posted a picture um, where the cast, like all the kids that were in My Parents Are Aliens, came and saw the show and took a picture with him outside the, outside the stage door. 
And that was just a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Like, all the kids were there. It was so cute. And you can find that on his Twitter. It's adorable. Yeah, that was nice. Can we talk about Sophie, though? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> please. Sophie is the best character ever. And everyone will know, of course, there was a very controversial decision to um, change the actress between um, seasons one and two. No, two and three. Two and three? Two and Are you three. sure? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Manchester actress Barbara Durkin got two seasons, mm. and then it was... I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Carla Madonka. Carla Madonka, yes. Yeah. She was... Um... She oh. she replaced Blonde Sophie and became Red-Haired Sophie. Red-Haired Sophie, yeah. Sophie, you can morph back now. Ah, uh, we may have a slight problem there. Uh, in what way? She can't do it. Of course you can do it. Believe me, I've tried. I wind up as dogs, goats, crackatoids from Barbara and Five. I just can't do the old me. But Sophie, you've got to. Why? Well, because that's not what you're supposed to look like. <laughs> I'm a Voluxian, Mel. There's no supposed about it. If there's one thing I've learned in the last few days, it's that even with a beard, buck teeth and big ears, I can still have a good time. I got four kisses in one day. Andy the Freak is hardly a challenge. And besides... No matter what I look like on the outside, I'm still me underneath. Just like you're still you, whether you're skiving off school, wearing pretty dresses, or having electric shock therapy for your mental disorder. I do not have a mental disorder. Whatever. Hi, Brian. Hi. Sophie. Sophie. Sophie? <laughs> have, have you done something to your hair? Yes, I've, um, I, I've brushed it. And, and dyed it, right, Sophie? And dyed it, Yes. My hair's dyed. We're all very sad about it. Blonde Sophie is just... She's delightful, but it's so strange because, like, when I liked it as a child, I was kind of aghast to see Blonde Sophie in episodes because she wasn't the Sophie I knew and loved. I'm the same. But, like, watching it as an adult, oh, my God. She's a treasure. Blonde Sophie is delightful. You will not see a woman like this on, like, any TV show, let alone a kid's TV show, just because she's, like, wacky and silly in a way. She's wacky and zany, but, like, not in an annoying way. It's in a kind of, like, I would love her to be my mum kind of way. I mean, there's a great big world outside these walls. With an equatorial diameter of 12,757 kilometres, it's not that big a world, Josh. I've known bigger. Yes, but how much of it have you seen? I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? You travel squillions of light years to Earth, and then when you get here, you never go out. Do you know, you're right. When we first got together, Brian and I used to say that we would conquer the universe. Not in a nasty, aggressive way, you understand. More in a, let's go over there and have a look at that purple planet sort of way. <laughs> but we did have all sorts of plans. Adventure on new worlds. Romance in new galaxies. Camping in the new forest. What are you reading? Oh, we're looking at holidays! Holidays! Woo! Oh, yeah! Oh, woo! Oh. What's a holiday? I don't know. It's when you go away and lie around and do nothing all day. You want me to leave home and behave like you? Like, she's so cute. And she's got she's this. She's adorable. She's got this northern accent. She's got an incredible wardrobe. Body. Yeah, body. Yeah. <laughs> no, her dresses are really cute. They're very kind of like 50s space age. Yeah, the whole house is de- decorated in like a 50s, 60s space age kind of way. Like there's yeah. lots of circles but like, and like round Via things. the noughties, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes sense because like yeah. the idea is that their house is 
was their spaceship mm. or something. And um, they're just yeah. yeah, they're trying to fit in and not doing it quite yeah, right. And but Brian like... wears these like amazing shirts. Mm. All of his shirts oh, yeah. are wonderful. They're just like a really well dressed couple. And in the um Christmas episodes at the end of season two, I think. I think they were um Blonde Sophie's last episodes. It's like oh, a yeah. double Christmas episode. The both of them look like such a power couple and I'm mm. gonna post it on the Instagram because uh, oh what just icons. We were watching it last night and Jasmine said, when Sophie came on, Jasmine said, if she was my wife, I would protect her so hard. Oh. <laughs> and I have no memory of saying this, but it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, it was literally last night, but yeah. I guess we didn't, we weren't in uh, possession of all our faculties. <sighs> Do I ever have all of mine? <laughs> so Sophie has this like, I don't know if Ginger Sophie has this, but I know that Blonde Sophie has this because she wore it a couple of times. Um, and I like it when they repeat outfits mm. in TV shows. I find it really annoying in TV shows where the characters always have like a different coat yeah. or whatever. It's like, I think Buffy is one of the best things in the whole entire world, but like she doesn't repeat an, an episode. Mm. Sorry, she doesn't repeat an outfit for about 300 episodes. Yeah. And it's just like, no. I like to see it and be like, oh, yeah. There it is. Speaking of clothes, sorry, can we just talk about Mel's wardrobe? Because Mel represents the best of um late nineties, early noughties fashion. All her outfits oh. are so good. And then of course really, yeah. Josh represents the worst. It really, yeah, honestly. He's got like this weird spiked up hair. Yeah, he's oh like no, all the boys in my class at school had, you know, that gelled spiky hair yeah, yeah, and like yeah. really baggy shirts and really baggy trousers. Very- Guy Fieri. Yeah, but Mel Mel just has the coolest wardrobe. It's kind of like fashion that has come back, but it's also, it's so extreme. And her hair is like, some of it you couldn't actually do today. It's like (laughs) lots of uh, bordering on, is that okay, sort of braids. Yeah, they're little braids and the like knots i feel like people would not do today but it was quite common in the 90s i want to say i'm thinking of like yeah. jackie lynn wilson book illustrations as well oh my god yeah so the little girl you you said no you didn't say that she was like a jacqueline wilson character you said that her best friend was like a jacqueline yeah. wilson character wendy is so funny she's so sweet she's yeah wendy like... is the friend of uh what's lucy lucy thank you a but classic like, swat she's even more of a classic swat it's like these are the two nerdy girls yeah oh, wendy's Wendy. nerdier because she wears glasses it's true it's true and i don't know i would like to be able to pin down why she is like a jacqueline wilson character mm. i think it's just because she's incredibly earnest yeah and like doesn't really know that she's in a comedy <laughs> And she says, like, more complicated words as well. That's right. Oh, shit, yeah, because something about Jacqueline Wilson books is that, I I mean, I love Jacqueline Wilson. I grew up in the UK. I've read mm. probably about 50 of them. But listen, she doesn't know how young girls talk. Yeah. She simply does not. Especially, like, you know, her characters, most of them are meant to be, like, working class, but yeah. they, they talk, like, very posh just because, you know, Jacqueline Wilson's quite old. Like, you're reading sentences like, I thought he was ever so handsome, and it's like, why mm-hmm. are you saying that? Well, and also just the dialogue, like, oh, mum, don't cry so. Oh, shit. <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, I love Jacqueline Wilson, but mm. they they are quite... Um, 
Jane, not Jane Austen-y, but kind of Jane Austen-y. And that's what Wendy is like. Yeah, a little bit, little bit old-fashioned. Yeah. Was well, something to do with my family? Sort of thing. I can't tell you. So you mean it's a secret? Oh, but Lucy, we're best friends. We shouldn't have secrets from each other. This is a really big secret and I can't tell you. I told you about my crush on the blonde one in S Club 7. Yeah, and I told you about my crush on the dark one in Westlife. But this is an even bigger secret than that. I think perhaps I should go home. No, you can't. Talking in bed is the best part of a sleepover. Well, what's the point when there's this huge thing that we're not even talking about? It's like a big wall between us. It means that we can never be really, really close, like like best friends are supposed to be. Because we're not sharing what's important to us. So we don't really know each other at all. Which means that we're not really best friends. Oh, Lucy, by the way, is like very sweet. My boyfriend so always cute. says um, she reminds him of his sister at that age. But like, oh, there's an episode and it's her birthday and she's wearing this like little purple party dress. And it's like, that is exactly the sort of dress that I think I would have probably worn if I were like little. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, <laughs> that she things. thinks that she's the prettiest girl at the party. And sorry, what I was going to say about Sophie's wardrobe the like mm. the thing that repeats is like a a sort of skin tight but flared at the arms and the legs pink velvet bodysuit yeah oh my word i want it yeah it's I got all these it. like crazy flares and ruffles and also she's got a lot of like basically the same dress or very similar dresses in like different colors and it's it's such a flattering design like high around the neck and like quite um Exposed shoulders pretty much yeah, all the time. Yeah, but like, not like cut out shoulders, like they go to the shoulders. It's a very like space age cut, kind of like 50s retro futurism. And her hair is like this beautiful, like platinum blonde, like bouffant with like a blow, yeah. blowout fringe. It's yeah. just, Because uh... in a way they are trying to like replicate um, gender roles in how they like present to the world yeah, based on no, their um, sense, galactic actually. guidebook yeah. yeah so they have a galactic guidebook which they consult when they need uh but the galactic guidebook bit out like, of date it is a bit out of date and i wonder like oh is that what we're thinking in 2023 or was it the joke in 1999 that it was kind of uh a heteronormative kind of look at things. Mm. Was that the joke back then, or was it just, you know, I think, not? <laughs> I mean, the kids object to some of the stuff in there. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. The kid, you know, because it's like, it's not very progressive. It's kind of, you know, it is a bit old fashioned. And, you know, being old fashioned, like old fashioned, maybe in an old fashioned viewpoint kind of way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any specific episodes that stick in your mind? So like all of them. <laughs> I'm thinking um I'm specifically trying to get you to talk about the legs episode. Oh that's the <laughs> one I remember from my um childhood and I remember the scene Me where too. I remember this scene so quick, like clearly, and I um I could like remember it yeah, just like so clearly when I watched it. Um where they um basically the plot is that the school, the school Mel and Josh go to, they want all the girls to wear skirts and the boys can wear trousers, but the girls can't. And you know, this is awful. This is shocking. Mel, the rebel that she is, she's like, I'm going to wear trousers to school. Oh, the trouser thing. 
What, you weren't serious, were you? <laughs> Hello? You're gonna get in so much trouble. Yeah, but that was the point, remember? We're all making a stand, a point of principle. We're all gonna be like Mahatma Gandhi and Joan of Arc. You do know Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. Don't even say it. But boys like our legs, all right? Why would we want to hide them? You know, she does have a point. I mean, no, she doesn't. She doesn't. It's absolutely terrible. It's, um, it's despicable. It's sexist. And, and I think down with skirts and, and up with trousers. All right, you can stop now, Trent. Melanie Barker. Is there any good reason why we're not in full school uniform today? Yeah, because I'm making a protest. Down with skirts and up with trousers. Oh, I see what's happened here. You've mistaken me for an idiot. Perhaps you'd like to come to my office and tell me... Tell me where you feel that I've been going wrong. It, it turns out later in the episode, the reason she doesn't want to wear um, trousers is because she hates her legs. Oh, yeah, sorry. The reason she didn't want to wear a skirt is because she actually hates her legs. Yeah. Which I think I mean, is I'm... a bit of an annoying... I feel like that's kind of to wrap it up in 20 minutes. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's nice because she very rarely confides anything in Sophie. Yeah. But she, she actually does with this. She's like, I don't like my legs. And mm. what does Sophie say? She says, like, Oh, Mel, you've got lovely legs. I love skirts. You can go, woo, yeah. and twirls around. <laughs> but skirts are wonderful. I love skirts. They do this. And this. Yeah. But what if you had to wear one? This is a 21st century, Sophie. Equality is a reality, and if I want to wear trousers, then I should be allowed to wear trousers. Mr. Rendell, is he the one with the white clean head? I'm making a stand, don't you see? Against stupid, old-fashioned, sexist rules. I'm making a stand just like, like Gandhi or Joan of Arc. Well, what was their school uniform like? So what you're saying is that women have been made to do things they don't want to do for long enough. And one of the things they've been made to do, they don't want to do, is wearing skirts. And even though I like wearing skirts, that's because I'm a Voluxian posing as a woman. So what you're saying is that women should be allowed to wear trousers, and men should be allowed to wear skirts. I suppose so, kind of. Yeah. So you're right behind me then? 100%. Absolutely. Oh, good. Because Mr. Randall wants to see you after school. And then Brian's like, oh, yes, I love skirts. Yeah. And he does the same because he's wearing a skirt yeah. in that scene. It's, it's amazing because um, I'd say there's like almost something of like an autistic lens about the programme because from like the point of view of the aliens, it kind of exposes like arbitrary social norms. Like some autistic people I've known have said about um, common sense, the idea of common sense. Like it's only common sense because you like already know it. It's like not intuitive. Like some of these like social conventions do just kind of come from being raised in a society. I mean, it's, it's always a point. Yeah. It's always an interesting kind of thought experiment, isn't it? Like, if an alien came to Earth, how would you explain this to them? Like, But and also, like, a lot of things that we 
a lot of us don't even think about are quite confusing to explain yeah. anyway. Like yeah, they, definitely. Do, they don't make logical sense. And once you start talking about why they do make sense, they actually don't. Yeah. I mean, like, look at like things like Jane Austen books and you will spend a really long time trying to understand, um, politeness and social <laughs> norms in Georgian Britain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually a really good point. Like if if we were transported back to then, we too would be like, how do I actually behave in this? Yeah, we would be the society. aliens. We'd be the aliens. Yeah, yeah. But it's just um, it's just brilliant the way it kind of exposes kind of arbitrary social rules. And that's possibly as introspective as we are going to get in this episode. I could write a bloody thesis on this, Elsie. Well, I, I think you should. <sighs> Maybe I should. You'd have at least one reader. Ooh. Mm. Not me, but someone out there is going to read it. My boyfriend would. I'd make him. Aww. Can I just give my boyfriend, Will, a shout out? At time of recording, he is unfortunately in Leeds, suffering greatly from shingles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not, it's not funny. Oh, and in that episode, right, the... The parents are very much on Mel's side. They're yeah. like, that, yeah, that you're right, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And the audience also is like, well, yeah, I mean, for a long time, schools have allowed girls to wear trousers. Yeah. Like, that's just true. But, um, so it is surreal to watch. Yeah. But yeah, they go to the head teacher's office because Mel's been sent home from school for yeah. wearing trousers, which is just, we don't need to, we don't have time. <laughs> but, they the parents come in or they're summoned in mm. and they they just kind of agree with whatever the like teacher is saying they're just kind of like yes yeah yes. whenever they're let out into the world the the kids sort of train them and they're mm. like just just go just do what everyone else is doing it's fine mm. you'll be fine no one will know it's fine so in this you know scene they're agreeing and then they stand up at the end and they're both wearing skirts yeah it's like okay so we're in agreement and he's like liberal yes! hippies or whatever <laughs> <laughs> because just their kind of not understanding of these societal conventions kind of paints them as being like liberals or like they're trying to make a point or like being really progressive and it's more just kind of the fact that kind of these rules should not exist. You're wearing a skirt! Oh, yes. Yes. Have you ever worn one, Mr. Rendell? It's very liberating. Certainly not. Look, it does this. And this? Oh, and this. That skirt goes with an adorable little hat. How can we expect discipline from our pupils when they have disruptive, irresponsible libertarian parents like you the hat is optional mind you i expect you like showing off your lovely shiny head can you assure me that melanie will stop this defiant behavior no no and that's your final response on the matter yes no to the pit so Will I be able to wear trousers or not? Yes, absolutely. Every day. Oh, that is fantastic, isn't it? Yes and no. You see, you've been suspended. <gasps> it is kind of a weirdly progressive show. It's, yeah. Yeah. Although it's... I will say kind of 
the way it ends, um, like that storyline is by um Mel because oh, she yeah. realizes she does like her legs after all, does wear a skirt to school, but then she's like, I'm going to make a petition, and I feel I feel that's a really like neoliberal, very like <laughs> yeah. that's very new labor era <laughs> way of like it's, wrapping up the episode. It's 1999, and I am going to make a petition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, in the one of the B plots, um, someone in the house has got like a video camera, mm. and Mel is walking through. She's what she's watching what's been recorded that day, and she sees someone walking, and she's like, "Oh, Sophie, you have nice legs." No, Mel, they're your legs. <laughs> no, but that is how she talks, right? Yeah, it's so deliberate. No, Mel. Um, and she's like, they're, they're my legs. I have nice legs have nice after legs. all. <laughs> so, yeah. You know who we've not spoken about? And we've not even spoken about Trent. this too. Is it yeah! Trent? <laughs> <laughs> we've not spoken to each other about Trent. I need to hear what you think about Trent. Trent is just like such a nice guy. <laughs> and like, So he's a guy in... So it was filmed, I think, in Yorkshire? Or it was filmed up north somewhere. Right, because all like all the main cast have kind of like London accents, but then all the like kind of school um, kids, the school friends kids, they're have all Yorkshire really northern. Yeah. <laughs> but Trent has just a very strong Scottish yeah. accent. So Mel is like apparently the sort of not the popular girl. Like she's cool and she's edgy and she thinks she's different. Which kind of, you know, makes sense with her character. And she's got a friend, a little friend, um, called Trent, who's kind of mm. like a goth sort he's of. He's very cool. He's, he's very like alternative. He's a Glaswegian alternative goth. And he's just, he's just really nice he's as well. Lovely. He's so kind. He's so understanding of Mel's moods. Yeah. And isn't there this like the- idea that, Sorry, you say what you were going to say. There's a will-they-won't-they they relationship. Yes. I mean, they might actually get together, full disclosure. Me and Elsie have Not only... finished. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're probably only on about series three. I might be on series four, but like, there's kind of will-they-won't-they. They. Although it's quite funny because they obviously very much like each other. They're very good friends. But also just sometimes Mel has a big crush on like a random jock in an a episode or two. Jock. And like Trent will sort of get a bit like aggy about that but mm. it's just because he doesn't like the fact that he she's going off with the cool people it's not mm. really because of and sometimes he'll be talking to like another female friend and mel will be like who's she like yeah, yeah. she's she's so jealous yeah but also kind of it's i don't know it's just like confess that you like each other guys yeah and there's a lovely episode where i honestly can't remember what oh yes i can remember so mel is trying to write some song lyrics and trent is also in this band and it's for this event they're writing some music Mm -hmm. and mel is getting more annoyed than usual at all the disturbances and that her family are giving her so she gets in a tent and she sits in the tent in the back garden and she says she's gonna stay there until she gets all these lyrics written and she's not coming back in and the family are really worried about her because it's like you, you're not coming to eat with us. It's going to rain. So, you know, people keep coming into the tent and she's like, fuck off. Mm. And you kind of get the idea that it's not just about the lyrics. She's also just annoyed at the way that she's crowded by her weird family. Mm. And 
she's also like really pissed off and snapping at Trent in this episode. Yeah. And basically Trent is the only one that's able to like go into that tent and sit with her in the garden mm. and actually like talk about shit because she Mel just doesn't talk about stuff. Yeah. But like Trent's Trent's there for her. Yeah. Oh, look, this seems like a bit of a family thing to me. Well, you're our best mate. Go and have a word with her, eh? It's forecast rain for tonight. At what temperature does frostbite become a possibility? Okay. So, how the lyrics coming on then? Fine. Um, well, this is all very Glastonbury, man. I find it helps the creative vibe. Really? No. I'm stuck in here because I just can't work in that screaming house of freaks anymore. Thanks to them, everything I've written is complete and utter rubbish. Well, let me see. You want to see it? You really want to see it? Here. Have it. Have it. Eat it! Hey, calm down. If this is your creative vibe, I would hate to see your destructive one. I know that I can do it. They just won't. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's because they want to be with you. You're lucky. Because you know that if it was me, if I pitched a tent up in my in my living room, I probably wouldn't see anyone for weeks. He's just a lovely man. He well, really is. There's a very, very funny bit that comes out in, I think, the last episode, maybe, where he like starts speaking in an English accent, and they're like, w- w- "Why are you talking like that?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm not actually Scottish. I just put on this accent to sound more interesting." Incredible, because the actor um, is is from Glasgow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they made a real choice. That's so funny. It oh, it doesn't make any sense. Like everyone in it has such different accents, mm-hmm. and also um, when they change. Uh, character for sorry when they change actress for Sophie she stops having a Yorkshire accent which I think was a great loss mm. yeah they really changed the characterization of her as well in a bit of an unfortunate way she becomes like less kind of like um wacky they just flatten her out a bit I yeah, feel like make her way more conventional unfortunately I mean no no shade on the second actress at all but like she does a great job she she really does but it just it does feel like she's just (sighs) saying the lines Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i i just think her her characterization is a little bit more similar to brian's she's a little bit like yes a little bit like harsher maybe can i say that sorry i just interrupted you go on no no okay can i say that um the I think the first time I ever experienced anger about the way that women and men are treated in comedy mm. was an ITV continuity announcer mm. basically said, coming up is my parents are aliens. Oh, Brian. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm sorry. In series one and two, Sophie is possibly a funnier character mm, than yeah. Brian is. Um, Definitely. I mean, Brian is lovely. Yeah, he's, he's very funny. He's, he's very like he's kind of like selfish as well though. 
in a way. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, he definitely has some... And I, I think we see more of that as the show goes on, but he's, like, a bit more, like, selfish and self-interested than Sophie oh. is. I think there's a really interesting interview that me and Elsie um, read, I think in, like, The Guardian or The Independent or something, like an oral history of My Parents Are Aliens. Yeah, I'm going to quote it a little bit when I find yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Because it was, it was fascinating. So, say what yeah. you're going to say, sorry. And they say at a point, like, they didn't really ever imagine, like, Brian and Sophie as a man or a woman because they're, like, aliens. And, like, yeah, that's really interesting. It really is. But also kind of, I mean, it'll partly because be because, you know, the aliens are trying to fit in. They are trying to, like, fit these gender norms in a way. But also, I think writing for a man and writing for a woman, you do kind of just fall into these kind of stereotypes just a little bit, like, sure. kind of wacky dad yeah buzzkill mum yeah um but, but you know sophie is not that at all no no even to be fair no even even like red-haired sophie she's a milf in her own way oh she's really fit yeah 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 <laughs> yeah they all are um not uh, the children gonna... <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry what was i gonna say oh yeah i had something else to say about trent there's an episode mm. where um, Mel is kind of pretend. I can't remember why now, but she's pretending that she's vegetarian. <laughs> and uh, is it just because he's cooking for people and she's annoyed that he's yes, like? I think so. He's cooking for people. She's she's jealous, and she's like, "I'm not going to have that because I'm vegetarian now." And like, sort of shouting at him like, mm. "Me is murder, whatever." But it's like, realistically, you're watching it, especially in 2023, and you think Trent is uh, a vegetarian. A vegetarian. Yeah. There's no way on earth that Trent isn't a vegan. Yeah. Like, you know what? I I find it a stretch to believe that um, he's into girls. <laughs> so, I uh, I don't know. I think he's a he's a soft guy. He's a, he's a soft yeah. guy. Yeah. Good evening. Here is the news. Oh, I know. How about, do not insert fingers while blade is rotating. What? Look, Frankie lent me this camera for a week. I'm doing a fly-on-the-wall documentary. See what I mean? Yes. I know what he means, obviously. Oh, good. What does he mean? Tell her, Josh. Well, Teddy's full of them. Programmes about airports and vets and vets in airports. I can make a whole lot of money with a film about an ordinary family. So, do something. Oh, yeah, and no alien stuff. What, like this? So, the actors. Mm -hmm. um, so, Tony Gardner, we know all about him. Um, Barbara Durkin, she was in Alan Partridge. Yeah, you might recognise her from Alan Partridge. I don't know which variety of Alan Partridge she was in, but she was. Mr Partridge is still a guest in this hotel. <laughs> now, I think perhaps you've had just a little bit too much to drink and maybe it's time that you should leave. That's how you all feel. <laughs> now, you two can stop giggling. don't know what her problem is. I'll tell you what my problem is! Having to listen to your crap for the last six months! You've been in this hotel for 182 days, you little shit! <laughs> Alex Q played Josh, right? Yeah. So, he was a child actor, but now he is a singer. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I was listening earlier to some of his stuff. He was, like, performing at some 
on some BBC stage. I don't know. It was like Radio 6 or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that cool, but it was good stuff. He's got a good voice. Mm. Do you want to listen to some? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. on that um it's not really my kind of thing <laughs> i mean that's that's fair enough it's not really my sort of music but it's it's quite something to watch isn't it yeah. after watching so much of him being that character yeah he's got a quite a good voice yeah yeah he's all right yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) fine fine i mean it's it's that kind of music where like you don't really need to have an opinion on that sort of music right yeah it it is what it is has he actually like i'm pleased for him has he actually like recorded and released anything you know i was looking on spotify and i couldn't find mm -hmm. it but like you know that was on some sort of that was some sort of bbc event that Mm -hmm. he was playing that i don't know i mean it was like BBC, like music, six music, six music, I oh know, like BBC music introducing, which is uh, kind okay. of like, yeah, yeah, showcases like local bands sure, and stuff. Sure. So he's crossed the floor from ITV to to BBC there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's, if you like search Alex Q songs, Google will give you like a definitive mm. list of them. But like Danielle McCormack, who plays. Mel, Mel, she's 39 now, oh if my you God. can believe that. She was playing a 16-year-old in my parents... Uh, no, 14? 14-year-old? I don't, I don't <gasps> know how old she was meant to be when it started. Like, I don't know if this... I don't think the seasons quite, quite like, match school no. years necessarily. No. no but, but she's... But you do see them grow up quite a lot. Mm. Like, Lucy especially. Oh, she was so cute when she was little. Yeah. Especially in, like, season one, and she's, like, cutting about the house in her nightdress. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh. But, um, yeah, Danielle McCormack has um, written some... So, Wikipedia lists her as, like, she's a musician. Mm. And maybe she is, but, like... All I know about that is that she's written yeah. some songs with, um, oh, what's his name? From, from Killing Joke, the guitarist from Killing Joke, um, Georgie Walker. Mm-hmm. And those were released online. And when I say released online, I can't find them anywhere, but mm-hmm. there are some recordings of performances. Yeah. And they're like punk rock. Oh. And she's got a really good voice. She's mm. really good. But like, yeah, it she... seems that she's not that bothered about being found. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually, um, Basically, um, the the very very last series of um, my parents' aliens. We'll come back to that later because that's a whole controversy. A, whole thing, yeah. a controversy in my mind. Um, <laughs> but the last um, the last season that has the like OG family, um, Mel wasn't in because she um, she left the show to focus on her music career, I believe. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. I wonder if she's like working behind the scenes in some way, you know, uncredited. Because yeah, yeah, she's I'd not. Like um, 
She still looks exactly the same. I bet, like, she's, yeah. Yeah. She's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what she's up to. I don't know where she is. Danielle McCormack, you're you're a very cool woman. Um, who's the actress that plays Lucy? She's oh. she's not up to much. I mean, I, I don't. I guess she's just not an actress anymore. No. Yeah, I bet. I bet she did well financially from it. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, guess she she looks like. Money. I think the picture on a on a Wikipedia or something. She looks very nice. Like she looks like she has the same energy of um our friend Naomi. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> She's got a bit of a Christian face. <laughs> is that is that an okay thing to say? <laughs> I don't mean anything negative by that. She looks like she's a very nice woman. Yeah, she just, like, looks, she just looks kind. She just has a kind face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks a little bit angelic. Mm. Who else is in it? I mean, I, I could well, we've go got through. we've not mentioned um, Frankie and Pete yet. Oh, Frankie and Pete. So yeah, so Lucy gets one best friend. Mel gets one best friend. Josh gets two. Yeah, and they're Frankie and Pete. So one's like a tiny little boy and one's like a ridiculously tall boy. Yeah. Although to be fair, we've we've not we we've not finished um watching it. So you know, for yeah, all we know. Taller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> we should have really watched the um, you know, the entirety of it. I feel I feel like there's probably like characterization we're missing from the later series. Possibly. Yeah. Also there's um I think they adopt like another kid or two as the series goes on as I, well. Yes, I think so. Well, that uh, sort of comes under the category of the last season. No, 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 like, no. For the original family, when um, okay, when when the original family being um, Mel, Josh, and Lucy. Yeah, yeah. Well, when Mel leaves, um, they adopt um another like older sister character who's pretty mm. similar to Mel, you know, the rebel, um, called Harry. Oh, I, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah. Mel is such... Can you imagine a teenager being called Mel now? No. It's, it's a, it's, Josh and Lucy, fine. But yeah. Yeah, Mel. I feel like it's a name that could welcome back, to be fair. It could, but not yet. Mm. Well, <laughs> Melanie. Mel. I don't know. How many young people do you know called Melanie? One. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> While I remember... I just really want to draw everyone's attention to when Tony Gardner, aka Brian, went viral on Twitter because he was filmed at Glastonbury dancing to King Princess. <laughs> and oh my God, this man, he's wearing like a neon pink leopard skin blazer and he is having the time of his life, just completely unselfconscious. And Turns out, um, like lots of people were underneath the tweet, like replying things like, Oh, that's my childhood. What a legend. And other people were saying, Yeah, this happens every year. Everyone <laughs> always runs into him at festivals, always pinged off his nut. Oh. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I would love, Tony Gardner, if you're listening to this, I would love to get pinged off my nut at a festival with you. <laughs> Another thing, he's a qualified doctor. Oh yeah, he, he looks he looks like a doctor, doesn't he? He's got the face yeah, of a doctor. I was I was reading on his Wikipedia the other day that he started off as like a a sketch comedy duo with another doctor, like a doctor themed sketch comedy duo. Yeah, and they have a I don't know if it's a podcast or a radio show. I think it's a radio show called Struck Off and Die. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> 
Yeah, just um, following on from, um, you know, the adoption of Harry in the um, seventh season, they also adopt a another kid, the family do, um, in series six called CJ. Um, and I'm sorry I can't say much about him because I'm not up to that part. <laughs> okay, so I found this article we were talking about. So it was for, for Vice. The, a cooler newspaper. It's, it's slightly cooler than The Guardian. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Modern, slightly. <laughs> so this is a quote from Gardner. Mr. Whiteside is obsessed with Kate Winslet, Gardner explains. On the show, Mr. Whiteside is a perpetually harangued maths teacher, usually found doling out detentions in an ill-fitting suit. He has a Kate Winslet on his wallpaper, <laughs> and they got away with putting a picture of Kate Winslet next to his bed with a box of tissues. <laughs> that was clearly a wanking joke, and it was just in there. So that's the kind of uh, the kind of fun that they had on the set of My Parents Are Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in this article, he talks about how they used to go to the pub after filming, mm-hmm. and like one by one, all the kids were able to join them, and they stopped filming like before one of them got to eighteen, and they yeah. were always like, "Oh, <laughs> we couldn't take her." <laughs> Oh, it's so sweet. I know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read out some synopses of episodes we've not actually watched yet, just because they sound hilarious. Um, to celebrate their phone anniversary, Josh convinces Sophie and Brian to buy him a new mobile phone. <laughs> Sophie <laughs> also so gives a mobile Josh. phone. I really want to watch um, season four, episode um, two, Beauty and the Breast, which is a two-parter. Really? Yeah. Beauty in the what? Breast. Okay. okay. Right? <laughs> On Father's Day, Sophie gets upset that she has never received any Mother's Day gifts. Brian sets out to prove he is the world's best dad. Josh tries to get, gain the video game gnomes of vengeance from the new girl, <laughs> Poppy Manning, but she will only give games to girls. Josh asks Lucy to get the game from Poppy for him. Lucy agrees on one condition, that Josh pays her £54.60. <laughs> Mel is upset when Brian thinks she is a boy. The episode concludes with Sophie attempting to be more masculine by working out and Brian attempting to be more feminine by growing breasts. <laughs> well, he could do that because he frequently just morphs. Yeah. I would like to see that just to know how they dealt with the plot of an episode being a man grows breasts. Yeah. I think I think there's some, you know, in 2023 kind of problematic um gender essentialism there for sure yeah (laughs) but it's weird because so many of these things are like gender essentialism for sure but like Mm. they're also about characters wanting to cross those boundaries yeah so it's kind of like i don't know it's it's a nice idea built on a foundation of stereotypes yeah i think i think it's a very progressive show to be honest yeah it's a net positive i think Mm. i was reading your essay and it got me thinking about phallics, and then I realised how much I missed home. So Lucy's essay made you homesick then? So what's the cure? Well, usually you'd go home for a quick visit and you'd be okay. I can't go home. The spaceship's broken. The spaceship's broken. We'll just have to find some other way to cheer you up. What if Sophie doesn't cheer up? She will. But what if she doesn't? She's got to. Yeah, but what if she doesn't? 
She'll be recognised as an alien sent away to be experimented and will get sent back to the children's home. Now go to sleep. When I ask a third time, you meant to say, don't worry, Lucy, everything's going to be OK. Good night, Lucy. <sighs> this is all my fault. If I'd have never written that stupid essay in the first place, none of this would have ever happened. Lucy, this day was always going to come. Sophie wants to go back to Valux. Sophie misses Valux just like we miss Mum and Dad. Even if she wants to go back, she can't. Can we talk about the controversial season eight? Yes, please tell me all about this because I don't know. Okay, so basically there were seven se- seasons series. I don't know with English. You do what you like. Yeah, there were seven series with the. If um, anyone has a complaint, they can. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not playing semantics with the. Um, you know. Original cast, ba- you know, basically like the three kids or, you know, almost all three of them, the same family unit. Yeah, yeah. But basically that ends with, and I'm sorry because this is a spoiler, the revelation that um, the three kids have an auntie and uncle from Canada who were going to adopt them, but um, the aliens had basically caught them and cryogenically frozen them and kept them in the attic all these years and kind of morphed into them like kind of that is and dark what but basically, are you talking about it ends with um them being defrosted and um all like all of the children like not just the ones related to this auntie and uncle but like all of the kids um, that they've adopted along the way. Yeah, go and live with the auntie and uncle in um, Canada and Brian and Sophie. Um, I think their ship is repaired at this point, like set off to go back to Valix. And, you know, it's it was a very, like, touching ending, like very sad, but kind of the send-off the series deserved. Unfortunately, Jazz, they no, decided no, to... Just let me, let me process <laughs> that to begin with. I know you're going to drop something worse on me, but, like... What do you mean these lovely aliens who just want the best for everyone crashed on Earth and just froze a couple? Basically... What are you talking about? This is horrible! Basically, okay, I'll read it from the Wikipedia. Okay. Mel finds out that the children have, or had, an aunt and uncle in Canada (laughs) who looks suspiciously like Brian and the original, so lovely blonde, Sophie... They confront Brian and Sophie, who admit that... So does Barbara Durkin come back for that? Yeah. <gasps> Little treat for you oh, there, else. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it then, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. They confront Brian and Sophie, who admit that seven years ago they met Josh, Mel, and Lucy's aunt and uncle at the children's home. And then, after the aunt and uncle realised that they were aliens, the aunt and uncle were kidnapped and kept in suspended animation in the attic for seven years. The children insist that they let them free. Like, and so on. Wow. Yeah, basically, it's a very touching ending to the series, but at the end of that episode, Brian presses the big red button that caused the pair to crash land on Earth in the first place, as seen in the intro. And, um, yeah, they crash back down to Earth, setting the stage for season eight. Okay. And then, yeah. But didn't, did you mention something to me the other night about memory loss? Yeah, so basically, they crash land, um, 
and find four more children to foster and then they lose their memories. So they lose their memories of the seven years they spent like this building this lovely family. I'm, and I'm they just, just ignoring it. Yeah, no, I think we just need to ignore that entire reboot because it's, it's just brutal, you know? It just... I guess it takes away like most of their character development yeah. for more kids by the sea. I think, I think it only got axed, um, because they stopped doing like in-house production for CITV or whatever. Uh, yes. So I've actually got something to say about that. So it, it was commissioned by Yorkshire Television, a regional franchise of ITV network. It ran for eight series, winning multiple Royal Television Society awards and nominations for three children's BAFTAs. So, yes, it was commissioned by a regional section of ITV. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, no, that's an awful way to end it. Yeah. And I'm sad and I'm annoyed. And one thing that I love about my parents' aliens, uh, one moment that I think kind of sums up why I love it is because at the end of an episode... Sophie, in this episode, Sophie's been like sad that she doesn't know she'll ever be able to return to Valix. And there isn't a joke at the end of this episode. She just, something good happens and she says, Oh, I like it here, Brian. I never want to leave. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. It's so nice. They just love their children. Yeah. You know oh. what we've not spoken about yet? The what? episode where they both get pregnant. Oh, sorry. You mean the episode where they metaphylaxiate their lower wagbers. Yeah. Yeah. What's love? It's the strongest feeling a human can have. I thought that was Mel when she gets angry. Oh, yeah. The strongest good feeling. Oh, I see. So love is like the human equivalent of metaphylaxiating your lower wadma, except without the harmonic confligencies and morphological nanophylatics. Meta... Phylaxiation. What does it look like? Well, it's different every time. Depends how we're morphed. So how do you know when you're doing it? We don't. Until the morphological nanophylactics kick in. So does this mean I can have a party? What for? Brian! So they, they get pregnant, basically. <laughs> so, like, it's a normal episode, everything's fine, and then Sophie comes downstairs and she looks like seven months gone. Mm. And they're like, the kids, the three children, the youngest of whom is nine, the oldest is like 14, 15, 16, they're like... They do know how this happened, right? <laughs> like, they do know, don't they? So they get Josh to, like, explain to Brian the facts of life. Yeah. They get Mel to explain to Sophie the facts of life. I'm very hungry. Sophie, what's going on? I'm hungry. I mean, you bump. Hmm? Oh, yes. I don't know. Brian put it down to a tin of baked beans I had yesterday. That is not win, trust me. Okay, listen, Sophie. I think there's something you need to know. You're gonna have a baby. Am I? Oh. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, but you look about five months gone in the space of a night. At this rate, you'll give birth tomorrow. Brian! I'm going to have a baby! Oh! Oh! oh. Sophie! That's fantastic! Oh. <laughs> What's the baby? Yeah. So, so basically, Josh gives Brian a book called "The Facts of called Life." The Facts of Life, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I think it's a bit late for that, Josh, because at that point he too is pregnant." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're like, "This is well, Mel especially is like, this is terrible because if that baby gets born, um, 
it might not look like a human and it might get taken away mm. and experimented upon and so will you. So they're not happy that no. she's pregnant. Um, and then a day later, Brian also becomes pregnant. So you're going to be a dad? Sure am, sure am. I sure am. You do know how that happened, don't you? <laughs> Haven't got a clue. Must be a natural, eh? Um, right. See, Brian, what I'm trying to get at is, well, you know the difference between men and and women. Of course. Makeup, earrings, floral pattern dresses. No, okay, look. Do you, you know what happens when a man and a woman love each other? Yes. They roll around in the sand and the waves crash over them. Is that how babies are made? Don't you even know what love is? Well, Lucy did try to explain. Maybe I need a bit more detail. Right. See, when a man yeah. loves a woman... Uh-huh. Actually, the uh, man loves a woman thing isn't something us men like to talk about. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it is like metaphylaxiating your lower abdomen without the harmonic confligencies and morphological nanophylactics. What's that? It's something we do on Valux when we develop an unbreakable bond of <clears throat> magnokinetic harmony with another Valuxian, but we don't really need to talk about that. Quite right. Absolutely. So have you got a, a book on this love thing? Um, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. yeah. Take care. And he goes around wearing a maternity dress, just mm. looking looking an absolute treat. Yeah, it's so cute. And there's a bit where they're both reading the facts of life in the attic. <laughs> oh, so this attic where they've got the couple frozen the whole time. Mm. And they also, it is revealed, keep all their cash. Yeah. Their liquid cash in... That is what liquid means, isn't it? I don't when know. When it's like not that, tied up in assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess... <laughs> I guess it's extremely liquid if you're keeping it in a rucksack in your attic. (laughs) Sorry. That's a very stressful episode where Mel takes it to school and puts it in her locker, but we don't need to talk about that. No. So yeah, they're looking at this book and they're like, we didn't do any of that, did we, Brian? No, I I think we'd have remembered. We'd remember, wouldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Also, just kind of like the idea that the aliens would be able to reproduce by having like human intercourse just seems a bit wild in the first place. Well, you, you have know. to assume that like they've got human anatomy when they're morphed into humans, right? Yeah, but it's also oh, I you get... don't think they're like Ken dolls, yeah, flat. But it's it's also like how do they how do they know you know if they don't know the facts of life how do they even know. To produce semen. I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't have to apologise. I mean, yeah, but that's like saying, how do animals know how to eat? It's just instinct, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to... I don't really want to get get into into it. I want to say morphology, and I'm not sure sure that's what morphology means, but it's morphing and is an ology. But they're not... um, they're not pregnant, it turns out. So no. this is the episode where Lucy is having a birthday yeah. party. I mean, they've definitely not been doing it. They've not been doing it, no. no. Um, but yeah, it turns out that when Voluxians love another human being, they look like they're pregnant. Yeah. And Well, yeah, then they, they metaphylaxiate their lower wagmas. <laughs> they do. And it's sort of... It's directed at Lucy. Yeah. So she comes downstairs for her surprise party. 
they like some magic purple dust like emanates from Sophie and Brian. They're lower wagbers. They're lower wagbers. So I'm so, so sorry. Um, and they levitate, they levitate their nine year old. Nine year old. Oh, Sophie! I think my baby's coming too. <laughs> Exhausted. That was amazing fun. Yes. What was all that about? Do you know, I've absolutely no idea. I know what happened. You metaphylaxiated your lower webmas for me, which means... Of course. Oh, Brian, we metaphylaxiated for Lucy because... Because we love her. That's what they call it here. What did you say today? Like, it's unusual that the idea of alien sex... Uh, yeah, involves levitating a nine-year-old. Yeah, the sex parallel involves levitating their child. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I get, I guess it's not quite the the same. There's a very fun moment in an episode where they, um, I don't know, mention going into a broom closet together, and it's like, you know, we met while queuing for the public feeding tubes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, they did. They met. <laughs> queuing for the public yeah. feeding tubes. They're in this broom cupboard, the hyper broom cupboard, just you and me and, you know, the millions of Voluxians who also tune into hyper broom cupboard <laughs> watch. <laughs> it's so good. It's so well written. Mm. But there is, in a very early episode, there's this idea that when aliens are feeling like strong emotions, they start getting a bit magnetic and like, metal objects sort of start yeah. flying around the room. Do you remember this? Yeah. So, like, the two of them are sort of getting a bit fresh, yeah. which is something my dad might say, <laughs> um, in the kitchen. And, like, all they do is hold hands and sort of lean their faces mm. slightly together. Oh. And, like, all the metal objects start levitating and... Spinning around them. Spinning it's around so them. so romantic. And, oh, they're so cute. This is when I was, like, blushing and kicking my legs like a little mm. schoolgirl. Like, Barbara Durkin says... No, Brian, we need protection. <laughs> How romantic. Josh is attracted to another little organism. Remember when we first met? You thought you weren't capable of magnetic attraction. Oh, that was a long time ago. I knew how to isolate your poles. Oh. good impression you know you can actually you can <laughs> i'll give you that so this is from the vice article um andy watts is the creator he said it's just a silly idea i had about these aliens it was a fantasy i'd often had as a kid that i'd if i'd land on an alien planet i wouldn't know anything but you can't film an alien planet with the budgets we have for children's <laughs> tv so i flipped the idea and made it about two aliens coming to earth i love the fact that mel kind of it's cute 
when Mel gets along with the parents because yeah. she so rarely does. But like her and Sophie have this thing where like Sophie always wants to be friends with Mel. She wants yeah. to be cool. She wants to hang out with Mel and yeah. be a cool teenager. And when Mel wants to stay out late, she's mm. like, Sophie, I'm going out tonight. Um, Sophie, um, I forgot to ask, is it okay if I stay out late on Friday night? Only I'm going to go see a movie with Trent. Of course it is. As long as you're back by eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. Deal. And, like, it's clearly set up that they've yeah. been having this in-joke going on for a little while. Yeah. She's tricking Sophie but because Sophie is, like, you know delighted yeah. that she knows how to count yeah. but she doesn't know that she's allowing Mel to stay up late yeah, and it's, I mean, it's adorable I think I think it's this kind of thing I mean it's established in one episode where it's basically like Mel's telling them you need to have rules so I can rebel against them because like Mel's not Mel if she's not rebelling against authority basically yeah. it was just a joy Gardner says of filming which took place at Yorkshire Television Studio in Leeds oh yeah that's your neck of the woods it's right near my house i mean if it's the same studio (laughs) (laughs) sure we'd have two days rehearsal and three days filming and it was just beautiful the set was designed so well and you'd get to do all sorts of mad prosthetic things and dress up daft it was just a very creative process all the way through (laughs) alex q played josh he was 12 years old when he shot the pilot and stayed with the show until 2005 when his voice broke in series five the writers wrote an episode around it. Josh seemed like a fun character to play from the script, he remembers. That's probably the most I thought about it in the beginning. But over the years, looking back, Josh was very human, a flawed but ultimately good kid in a frankly mm. ridiculous situation. <laughs> Aww. It's a great... um, It's just a great sitcom, isn't it? A great family sitcom. And I think... um, I like that it's like not entirely sanitized. I grew up watching a lot of like American kids TV shows which are just so sanitized in comparison. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, so so Danielle McCormack was 16 when she was cast oh, yeah. as Mel. Lucy uh was played by 8-year-old Charlotte Francis. Oh. oh, listen to this. There were other advantages to casting kids as the age they appeared on screen. It was great to see the kids grow up, Gardner says. As each one reached 18, they were allowed to come to the pub after work. <laughs> Danny would be the first one, then Alex, then finally Charlotte. When I saw her the other day, she said, we all stopped filming it when I turned 18 and I could have gone down the pub. <laughs> Aww. I love the beats that it's a 90s sitcom as well, because like, re-watching it, it really has that kind of nostalgic feel about it like yeah. like you kind of feel warm but also like ha 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 watching I don't know the like the um the sympathetic music and the stuff and yeah, just yeah, like yeah. kind of all the plot points and the era they are of it's like it's a very very classic 90s sitcom but it doesn't have a laugh track no that's the only way it's different mm. and it kind of it looks like it's multi-camera I've no idea. Okay, so I well, I I know what they mean, but I I get them mixed up. Multi camera is like studio audience performing it like it's a play, oh, cutting yeah. between the different okay. angles using different cameras. Um, a, a single camera is like you take each shot as it's supposed to be. Oh like, yeah, if that, yeah. If that makes any sense, that was a really poor way of explaining. No, it. no, I get what you mean. I just yeah, yeah. Oh, do you remember how do you remember how Brian had a knitting for boys subscription yeah. <laughs> to the the magazine that Knitting was for Boys? Cute, yeah. Yes, he is very cute. He loves to knit. And also Tony Gardner was still working as a doctor while he was playing Brian. Is that true? 
Yeah, because I'm reading in this article oh. that um, kids would be like leaving his clinic and being like, that was Brian! <laughs> I think that that might have just been like the first series, yeah. He also, Tony Garner, sits on the national governing body of the Actors' Trade Union Equity. Oh, I know. Good one, Tony. Socialist king. Sorry, can I, can I read some more Wikipedia summaries? I would love you to. Yes, please. Okay, so the last episode of Series 5, which broadcast in 2003, the episode Nappy Rash, Sophie helps herself to a baby in the supermarket. <laughs> Shocked, the kids insist it must be taken back, which leaves Sophie feeling broody. Brian obliges her by morphing into a baby oh, with God. disastrous results and res resorts to Sophie looking after another baby from the children's home. Meanwhile, Josh is desperate for a new games console and Lucy wants to buy some new clothes for seeing Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> that just... I feel like that one description of that one episode really exemplifies mm. what my parents are aliens is bill gates brian morphs into a baby because sophie likes babies and josh wants something mm. that's yeah yeah all you need is like mel gets angry and jealous and sh and slams a door listeners i'm really bad at sitting i've been doing some like bizarre like children's breakdancing lessons stuff the whole time we've been recorded i cannot sit still well i think that's a symptom of sitting on the floor like you know if if you're barefoot if you're sitting on the floor if things are like a little bit off then you are mm -hmm. going to wriggle around more like you just feel less inhibited right okay this is series seven seven aired in 2005 so let me get this right series seven is uh the original kids oh yeah plus, the last one with the original kids yeah so okay. this is episode 13 of that series an episode called a choco lips now <laughs> a choco lips now. now okay all the children are revising for exams apart from josh obviously he has stolen all the answers already then josh finds out that he has won a year's supply of chocolate brian is delighted and becomes addicted to it but all the children ban brian from eating any more Brian is furious when that a tube right. of <laughs> chocolate falls out of Josh's pocket and finds out Josh has been eating chocolate when he can't, so he decides, if I can't have chocolate, then no one can. He sets himself up as a South American military dictator, prohibiting chocolate and or cocoa-related products and enforcing the ban with imprisonment and torture, notably on CJ. Meanwhile, Lucy tells Sophie that sometimes stress can help people perform better, so Sophie becomes an Austrian psychoanalyst a psychoanalysis yes a stressing <laughs> basically stressing lucy with seemingly random violence and explosives <laughs> <laughs> brian's a nasty piece of work isn't he he is yeah what i think dickhead. <laughs> i think he gets i think he gets um wackier as it goes along if that's possible speaking of um banning chocolate you need to come back for another episode so we can discuss the made for tv specifically made for cbbc film um 
Is it bootleg? Bootleg. I've never seen the film, but like that was one of my favorite books as a child. I was like obsessed with the book. Okay, I've never read the book. Oh my should god! We, should we watch it tonight? Yes. Okay, we're oh gonna watch god. it tonight, and oh, then so good. We can we can make an episode about it because it was made for TV. I think specifically mm. made for CBBC, based on a book called Boot- Bootleg, where it's a, an imagined dystopia where basically the UK has voted in the good for you party and they've mm. banned chocolate and it's about like underground chocolate makers yeah. and it's oh we're not going to get into it today yeah. because we need a whole episode on this but i think you were the one i had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i think that's it for today let's let's hit the okay pump. it's a wrap it's a wrap will you will you join me again i would love to Did thank you, have you. A nice time on my podcast today i had a great time i i hope i've not missed out anything vital i'm really i think representing um <laughs> the leeds mpaa fan community right now <laughs> I, I really think that yeah you're the chairwoman <laughs> of the mpaa <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what any of this means <laughs> Oh dear. Honest, honestly, you could make a whole podcast on it and you could call it My Podcast is Aliens. Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could. Yeah, you could. I won't. Oh yeah, so this was our triumphant return to sharing the mic. Yeah. I think, oh, I yeah. think it went alright. Yeah, yeah, we've done alright. Yeah. We're going to have to see if we've improved. I'll, I'll see if yeah. I can source those original recordings. I've been, I've been automatically trying to stop myself swearing, which Why? is very funny. Because <laughs> in my head, microphone means Jasmine don't swear oh, on no, the radio. Actually, that is a really good rule and something <laughs> that, I mean, tomorrow morning I'm going to be on the radio and I... I need to get myself into that headspace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of not, not to be effing too and blinding effing like and you jeffing. usually do. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, she's got the mouth of a sailor. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fuck off then. Night, night. <laughs> night.